0: Oh, the salad bar. It's not always the worst thing, but sometimes it's just the worst thing. Hmm. Spinach leaves tossed into a lifeless pile of wilt and wrinkle. Pink tomatoes, chopped suspiciously evenly, littered with a stray onion or powder-dusted crouton. At least there's the baby corn. You can't figure out if you actually like baby corn or not, but hey, something has to make you smile because it's certainly not the dressings. Drippy, sticky bottles with crusty spouts you have to cover with your finger before an unceremonious shake. Drown, chewy mushrooms. Swim away in a river of ranch, you pockmarked peppers. This is lunch. No, this is ridiculous. Vegetables have been part of our balanced diet since before we even knew what a balanced diet was. So why should we take them as punishment? Why is the mandate to eat your veggies such a burden? And why does everything have to taste like grass? Well, we're banning the boring salad and raising the bar. Because today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, we're eating our veggies and loving them. Because some of the most creative, inventive chefs in the country led us behind the scenes where they're making magic. Local farms, simple and fresh and delicious. They're sharing how we can all spice things up in the produce aisle.
1: Put it on a grill with olive oil and lemon. Um, a little bit of you know some kind of really dry cheese. Get that onto a hot plate and put some really fresh herbs right on top of it. You've got a completely different thing.
0: And crushing the stereotype that a veggie friendly place has to be crunchy. We, we provide a lot of options here, which make both vegetarians and meat cool. eaters excited. We're digging into the dirt and pulling up something delicious. joke now that my 5 foot 2 frame is directly due to my lack of vegetable eating. I know that can't actually be true, but hey, I've seen worse scientific conclusions drawn. As a kid, I pretty much only ate my vegetables when I was at my cousin's house. My uncle Bob encouraged me to eat the green beans. I couldn't even stand the smell of. Take a bite. Wash it down with a big chug of milk. Repeat until the plate is cleared and there's only that greenish water left on the side of the plate. I couldn't stand anything that color of green. More leafy or stringy, or that resembled little trees. Ugh. But Olivia Galena doesn't have that problem. She oh, yeah.
2: totally is eating her vegetables. We have yeah. been giving her real food since six months, and she eats anything we put in front of her. Like, she's a little vacuum cleaner. She just like, houses everything, um, and so far, hasn't found anything she doesn't like. I know that doesn't always last forever, but for right now, I'm really
0: enjoying it. Olivia, who's not quite a year old yet, yeah. is the daughter of Tara and Michael Galena the power couple behind Visia restaurant. They've done a good job convincing a lot of us in the older than toddler set to eat our veggies too.
2: Yeah, I mean, we try to not over be like over verbose on the menu because too many words is just, I don't know, it's too complicated. And part of it is we really want the the servers to, to do a lot of the talking and to kind of navigate the guests through all these different dishes and explain them. And I think if you, Give people too much information. A lot of the times, they're less inquisitive, um, and they kind of just make their own assumptions about what something is. And I think if you keep it short and sweet, um, people can ask more questions, and you have more of a dialogue about the food. And I think if anything—it's hard to narrow it down sometimes. Like, what are these five words we're gonna, you know, use to describe this dish when there's so much going on? Or, um, you know, like we—the the zucchini parmesan is an example. of When we first put it on the menu, we called it chicken fried zucchini because it is like a, has a chicken fried batter on the outside, which it is, but. The flavors, it's got ripped ricotta and romesco sauce and pickled green tomatoes and, like, basil. And it really has all those wonderful flavors of, like, I, I ate it and I was like, this tastes like, you know, chicken parmesan. And then we're like, wow, let's call it that. And then, psh, you know, everybody's ordering it, like, you know, mad. So, you know, it's kind of funny how that happens. But I think um, we really want people to have a dialogue with with us when they're here and um, they want to. If they don't want to, that's okay too.
0: From their bright and airy outpost in the middle of the tech hub known as the Cortex Innovation District, they've earned quite a bit of recognition for Uh, their innovation.
3: We've been pretty fortunate. I mean, you know, anything from James Beard to some of the best new restaurants, you know, lists and, you know, we we work really hard and built a really great team to kind of keep that energy alive and keep on hopefully going for even more.
2: I'll humble brag for him. He was, I I think the coolest thing um, was uh, being recognized as a food and wine best new chef last year 2018, which was Um, Very, very cool and and provided us with some really exciting opportunities to travel and, you know, do really cool events and and sort of reach a new audience.
0: And they say it's still cool for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes, very much so. To put it simply, Tara manages the front of the house. Michael's in the kitchen. But the real boss is Mother Nature. Their menu always has a focus on whatever's local and readily available at the time. I
3: mean, we work with farmers and I talk to them every single day, so the menu is really just based on it's like a celebration of what comes in each day and what's available from them. You know, I, I try not to order as much as I let them guide me with what, uh, what they want us to use. Typically, I'll, you know, I've got a list of probably about 20 to 25 different people, whether it's farmers or artisans or different things, the people that we work with, and, um, you know, I... Get lists uh, every week from them of kind of what they have available, and, and then we chat, and you know, and it kind of just goes from there.
2: Yeah, if you're here on a Wednesday, usually, um, is today Wednesday? Yeah, it is Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the middle of the day, that's kind of when we get a lot of our farm deliveries. So it's pretty cool just to sit here and you see everybody come in through that back door and just drop off crates of food, and cooks all kind of like. Ascend and put everything away and um, kind of start working on projects, cleaning it, which is pretty cool. But I, I love that moment. So yeah, if you're ever around on a Wednesday, come come by for a happy hour and see the farm delivery.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you know that farms don't only grow vegetables and that livestock can be local too. Let me be clear. Visia is not a vegetarian restaurant. The Galenas say we've just thought of meat and veggies as opposites for far too long.
3: You know, eating in moderation of like having a good diet, you know, you shouldn't have too much of anything. So it's balancing, I guess, that plate in in the sense of, you know, you don't have to have this big steak every day because, you know, a, a steer only has so many steaks, but it has all these other cuts that you can do different things with to complement other vegetables. So, you know, I guess looking at the vegetable more of kind of a star in the plate and being garnished with meat uh, in a sense. We try to do a lot of that just to kind of balance uh, the menu.
2: There's also such a broad spectrum of varieties, So each vegetable has like an endless amount of varieties that you can choose from and here in the midwest it's really fertile you know it's it's a great um landscape to grow a really broad spectrum of vegetables and so i feel like the choice is also so much more interesting than just you know you get a you get we get a whole pig in there's this many cuts and that's kind of it Um, it all mostly tastes the same whereas with vegetables there's just so many different flavors and textures and shapes and colors you know that it really um, i think it makes it fun to create food that you look at it and you're like wow you know it makes you excited
0: If that's not enough to make you excited, how about this? Take my tried and true, wash it down with a swig of milk method, and replace the milk with whiskey. You can do it, it's small batch, though I have a feeling you'll want to savor every bite there, even if it is a vegetarian place.
1: The first question everyone asks is why pair vegetarian with whiskey, you know, whiskey goes well with steak or, you know, things like that. It's like, well actually whiskey and whiskey cocktails, you know, can go with any type of cuisine and our our challenge then the the sort of like you know box that we put ourselves into to try to punch our way out of is how do we make vegetarian cuisine that's gonna be elevated enough uh, flavorful enough uh, to stand up to those you know stronger profiles of, of whiskey and things like that
0: owner dave bailey has quite the profile himself he's also behind pop the champagne bar in lafayette square rooster known for crepes and breakfast Bridge Tap House and Wine Bar, Bailey's Chocolate Bar and Bailey's Range, a specialty burger joint. He opened Small Batch in 2013, in Midtown's historic auto row. And the first time I went there, I left without ever realizing it was a vegetarian place. That's after I ate the food. But Dave says that's kind of the point.
1: So we don't have vegetarian in any of this signage or you know, it's not part of our, our, our overall branding or anything like that. The, the idea behind this restaurant, I, I always wanted to have a vegetarian restaurant. Um, we ended up starting, uh, our company 15 years ago with Bailey's chocolate bar with dessert and martinis and stuff like that for a number of different reasons instead. But, um, it was always on my list of different concepts that I wanted to have. And, you know, we've got, we've got restaurants all over the board from burgers and shakes to breakfast, you know, slingers and crepes to, um, you know, pub fare, things of that nature. But, um... My background, you know, I wanted to have a uh, a full service, really just like cozy, romantic, sexy, fun place to be, that just happened to be vegetarian, where the the food is elevated cuisine, not not hoity-toity in any way. It's all very recognizable stuff, but it's just it's it's pretty, it's delicious, it's seasonal, it's satisfying.
0: You said you always wanted to open a vegetarian mm-hmm. restaurant, have that part of your portfolio. Why?
1: So, personally, because you're
0: not a vegetarian,
1: I'm not a vegetarian. I was for a, a, a very short time earlier in my life. It it has more to do with providing options for people because there are a lot of vegetarians and vegans in in the city of St. Louis, um, and uh, there are also a lot of people that don't incorporate meat into every meal of the day or just don't feel like they, they need to. You know, um, the the real reason that I wanted a vegetarian restaurant is because I I just think. It's a, you you know, within our restaurant group, I want to have variety, I don't want to necessarily just be all the same, and 20 plus years ago when I decided that I wanted to have my own restaurant um, instead of just continue to work in restaurants, um, opening a vegetarian restaurant was to, the idea behind it was to add something to the St. Louis landscape that wasn't really there. So there were, there's definitely, there were vegetarian cafes or vegetarian, you know, little delis or, you you know, most of them were either meat substitute or, you know, that for, you know, came across more as like healthier cuisine Mm -hmm. as the idea. A little Um,
0: crunchier sometimes too with just the overall feel.
1: Yeah, and that's totally fine. But the the vibe that I wanted to go for, uh, and we really lucked out with this space, uh, the vibe I wanted to go for was, you know, you've got full service, you're really, really well taken care of, you've got a bar, you know, this can be a place where you can go on a date and go on a, you know, have a business meeting, um, All you know, just kind of feel like you're actually getting a real full-on dining experience rather than walking up to a counter and ordering a sandwich. <laughs>
0: Wash can make you smile if you like to watch with potatoes up and down the produce aisle. then you don't need to hear this part but as for the rest of us here's some of the top vegetable related myths and misconceptions according to the produce for a better health foundation first fresh is best not so much Whether it's fresh, dried or even frozen, veggies tend to retain most of their health benefits. Have you heard organic is more nutritious? Growing organically might be better for the environment than some pesticides, but there's no proof that the vegetable itself is better for you just because it's organic. Have you heard the one about how the more colorful the fruit or vegetable is, the more nutritious it is? This one's tricky. It's typically a good rule to follow, the foundation argues, but white veggies are some of the best for you. Think cauliflower, mushrooms, full of vitamins. And then a myth the Galenas work to bust all the time, that something's done growing once it's off the vine. I
2: mean, I think, you know, we all feel some sort of responsibility to not only the larger community of, you know, the earth, but also just our local community here um, to be good citizens and, and stewards of that and um, by supporting these small farms, I think we're we're helping inject you know uh, life into uh, a, you know an industry that is really tough. Farming is one of the hardest jobs you know in the whole world, and especially this year with all the you know the rain that we've had and. Um, you know, it's nice to feel like we're able to support those people who have families who are just kind of doing what, they, what they're doing and creating a, a workspace that provides people jobs and hopefully a good work environment. Um, and then also being creative and, and kind of feeling like we can really hone in on our craft and, and each day is, you know, a clean slate. You start over, you do it again. And um, that's kind of the awesome thing about restaurants, even if you have a tough day the day before, the next day it's new people, it's new guests, it's a new opportunity. And, um, being able to do that and then see people come back again and again and again, it's just like the best reward.
0: At both Vicia and Small Batch, sometimes the reinvention happens on a daily basis. Again, based on what's available locally. As part of the Bailey's Restaurant's family, Small Batch also has a sister farm in the city where they grow many of their ingredients.
1: And uh, it's about a half acre, it's not all that big. But we can grow a lot of really cool stuff or just, you know, simple fun stuff. So, you know, we're done it growing tons of different peppers from, you know, spicy to sweet, cucumbers, watermelon, every herb you can think of, you know, enough basil to cover a football field practically. Um, so, you know, when when we've got our, our farm going throughout, you know, the spring into fall seasons, we'll be using a ton ton of those vegetables. Um, and incorporating them into what we do and then we'll, we'll reach back out to other parts of the country and the world um, on the off season as well
0: right you do have though a lot of focus on what you can grow here not just you yourselves but mm-hmm. you can source locally there's yeah. a big emphasis on that how does the local focus play into a vegetarian menu especially here in st. Louis Missouri
1: it, it, it comes in it's, it's a really big <laughs> a really big way you know and we we use the, ma- the majority of the stuff that we grow on the micro farm outside of herbs and then like a ton of uh, pickling cucumbers and things like that actually comes to this restaurant. Because um, that's where we can say, great, you know, like I have three kinds of squash right now. And then we can come up with really creative ways, ways to use those. Um, but it also, you know, it, it helps keep those kind of creative juices going because you're going, okay, well, this is what's available here and now. For the next, you know, two weeks to two months, and that's all I've got it for. So how are we gonna use it and you
3: know and, and, and make a good dish out of it?
0: Neither Dave nor the Galenas are vegetarians, but they think you don't have to be.
3: It gets me into the whole thought of vegetarianism and which I support. I mean not at all, but I, I do think it's more importantly overall, instead of trying to process different things into meat or things to taste like meat. Uh, it's probably more responsible to actually support small local farms that do it right and give them the opportunity to fight against these large corporate, um, you know, commodity farms that just destroy the planet and and just are not good for you overall. So I think, you know, when people go out and, you know, they're like, you know, want a balanced diet, you know, a meat is a part of that diet. A meat is, a, you know, animals are part of, you know, the system, uh, you know, so it's, It's better to to support someone down the road that's actually caring about the animals than necessarily uh, saying, like, I'm not going to eat, I'm going to eat vegetarian, I'm going to eat vegan. Um, And then those guys just get demolished, unfortunately. You're not a part of the solution of fighting against the big guy, you know, because you're not supporting the little guy.
2: I think everybody needs to make the best choice for them, um, and hopefully, we provide a lot of options here which make both vegetarians and meat eaters cool. excited.
0: That includes the tours themselves. They all stress the importance of making food they'd actually enjoy without missing meat.
3: Um, I mean, I love, you know, something that's never left them in here are the turnip shell tacos. I mean, and we do it with kohlrabi, we do it with turnips, basically anything that's large enough to slice on a meat slicer that you can wrap uh, and use like a tortilla. Uh, I, I always love that one. I think. You know, right now we're kind of in the middle of summer with lots of peppers. So we almost look at it like fajitas, you know, in a sense of like going to, you know, some Tex-Mex restaurant and getting that sizzling fajita in front of you um, and making your own little tacos with that. Um, I love, you know, kind of looking using a lot of different animal fats to kind of, you know, beef fat makes anything almost like taste like a steak so if you take like a piece of zucchini and you char it on the grill with beef fat on top of it and and cover it with you know a sauce it can be just as delicious the texture is very very similar i mean mushrooms same thing it's you know can really translate to something very meaty but not not meat
1: it's got to look really good and then it has to have uh you know not a complexity of flavor but a depth of flavor you know it's got to have enough stuff going on to it you know It doesn't need to necessarily be super spicy or super you know anything in any one direction but it needs to it needs to sing once it actually you know once you actually start to eat it um so with that that basic thing in mind and and you know our crew here um, and our chef to cuisine jeremy uh, knowing that's the basic you know standard uh, we get to incorporate Ingredients from anywhere in the world, first of all, because we also have whiskeys from all over the world, um, and we get to either be seasonal or just be playful, be creative, you know. Um, and the menu goes through a major overhaul at least four times a year, but it's really it's changing much more frequently than that, with, than that with you know single dishes coming and going.
0: So we can't all live off the golden greens at Small Batch or Vicia every day might not be enough green in the world to afford that. But luckily, dear listeners, I asked Dave and the Galenas their tips for eating more veggies at home.
3: The good thing about eating local and eating seasonally is a lot of it all just tastes good together. So whether it's like grabbing a bunch of tomatoes and cucumbers and making a big salad or or grabbing a zucchini and eggplant, and all that stuff, and roasting it for a stir fry, like a lot of those flavors tend to go together. Um, and I, I, you know, I just love going to the, you know, I always say the best way to do it is just go to the farmer's market. Don't necessarily go with a plan. Just see what looks good to you and, and take it home and figure out how to cook it.
2: Keep it really simple at home. We don't have a lot of time, you know, and energy <laughs> to, to cook, but I think it's um, trying to find ways to add a lot of flavor to one, one dish as opposed to having to feel pressure to cook all these different things. And um, just like great salads and, you know, just marinating vegetables and, you know, kind of like good oils and vinegars and, You know, seasoning it and calling it a day. I mean, if you're buying really good ingredients, you shouldn't have to do a lot to them.
1: One of the things that, uh, um, as a home cook, I really like to do is make sure that I'm using lots of different types of seasoning and lots of different types of of hopefully fresh herbs whenever possible. Dried herbs are also great, you know, to put in in all kinds of dishes. Um, But, you know, it's that thing if you just take, you know, if you get some really good asparagus and you just you know toss it in some butter that's fine you know it'll it'll still be pretty good Um, but if you can put some really nice seasoning onto it put it on a grill with olive oil and lemon um, a little bit of you know some kind of really dry cheese get that onto a hot plate and put some really fresh herbs right on top of it you've got a completely different thing right you've got a a full dish there instead of just like a side of, of green beans or asparagus or something like that um, so, you know, don't be afraid of spices. Don't be afraid of whole spices. If you're using whole spices, toast them a little bit in a pan or in your oven, just a tiny bit to kind of get those aromas coming out and then throw them into a, you know, just buy a dedicated coffee grinder for spices. It's, it's very inexpensive and you can just do tiny little bits at a time and just play around with it, you know, like figure out which, uh, which flavor profiles you and your family like, and then just start to tweak them over time.
0: Here's a rule Dave keeps in mind when cooking at home or at his restaurants. People can be picky, so make it pretty.
1: We're, we're always changing things, but the basic idea, you know, remains the same: is make a dish that is, you know, beautiful when it hits the table. It's, you know, going to be visually attractive as soon as it, you know, gets in front of you. Um, it's going to have. Why gonna, is that important? You eat with your eyes first. You know, if it shows up and the plate's kind of sloppy, or you know, just looks disappointing or it looks too small or you know there's all those things that are just sort of like cues to tell you that you're not going to like something as much as you might and so we want to always make sure since we know the food's really good we know that you're you're going to enjoy it we want to make sure that it looks like you're going to enjoy it right, up, right out by you know, the gate yeah exactly
0: it can be intimidating to give up meat even just cutting down can be daunting but this could be the perfect place to do it without sacrificing a great a meal And St.
2: Louis is really great about that, and I think more so than I've seen in other cities. You know, I think people really want to support local in a way that's that's meaningful. Um, You know, there's a lot of options out there for bigger dining experiences from bigger, you know, national chains. And there's a time and a place for everything. But um, I think St. Louis is really, people go out and think, okay, what other cool, you know, new local small restaurant can I support over, you know, kind of somewhere that's more more chain driven. Sometimes people come in, I think, a little apprehensive because they think it is either a vegetarian restaurant or there's not going to be any meat choices for them. And they kind of get a little nervous and then they see, oh, there is, and oh, my vegan friend can eat and I can eat. And we leave
0: happy and it's, you know, it's pretty cool. Especially... When you can leave the dressing on the side. Ooh la la! Ooh Ooh la la! la. la Ooh la la! la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm your host, Abby Larico. Producer extraordinaire is Dory Olmos. Theme music is by Olivier Renoir, Jerome Fabi, and Pierre Dubost. Special thanks to Julie Lolly and Pam Schlichter. Veggie Tales is a. (laughs) I can't believe I'm actually crediting Veggie Tales. But uh, VeggieTales is a production of Big Idea Entertainment. If you love us as much as we love you, please review and rate our podcast. It can help other people find us. We'll see you later this week with a Small Bite weekend preview. But until then, seize the plate.